Baruch Hashem, Yahuwah, and Shabbat Shalom. What a powerful prophetic word that we just had before service today um, about this teaching, and you didn't even know. So, Ezekiel scroll 6 comes to us from Ezekiel chapter 30, verse 20 through 26, and we're going to get into today Ezekiel's Seventh vision, scroll seven, and that comes to us from Ezekiel chapter 31, verse 1 through 18. So let me begin with his sixth vision. And it came to pass in the eleventh year, in the first month, on the seventh day of the month. That is 010711. And then the seventh vision that we'll be looking at. And it came to pass in the eleventh year, in the third month, on the first day of the month. So we've got two visionary dates here, 01, 07, and 11. That's chapter 30, verse 20. And then the seventh vision, 03, 01, 11, coming to us from chapter 31, verse 1. So... Over the past three weeks, we've gone through a spiritual exegesis, going through Ezekiel 28, three parts to scroll five, looking at the heavenly throne and all the angelic wars, and our war is not against flesh and blood. And then this week, we come into this shift in the vision, and it's all about Egypt, the destruction of Egypt. So there is a shift in the teaching which is a shift to a practical, prophetic, and political exegesis. And so many times people are going to be like, oh, I love it when you talk about the politics and the Bible, and then other people are like, oh, I can't stand it, just stick to the Bible. But Bible is prophecy, Bible is history, and we need to do our due diligence. So this is a shift into the practical prophetic, political exegesis of the word today. In fact, there's a title for this teaching. The fall of giants. The nations succumb to the hands of the giant slayer. So we're going to discover today who that giant slayer is. Let's delve in to this sixth vision and scroll. Chapter 30, Ezekiel verse 20. And it came to pass in the eleventh year, in the first of the month, on the seventh day of the month, excuse me, and it came to pass in the eleventh year, in the first month, on the seventh day of the month, that the word of Yahweh came to me, saying, Benadam, son of man, I have broken the arm of Pharaoh, king of Mitzrayim, Egypt, and see, it shall not be bound up and it shall not be healed, but to put a bandage on to bind it, to make it strong and to hold the sword. So this sixth vision right now continues to detail the prophecy of Egypt, which we know is a metaphor for the world, its impending doom and destruction. So this, rev- this vision is going to refer to, I believe, our prophetic times. Because Ezekiel the prophet is given a revelation about an event that has not yet occurred. And that event is there's going to be enclaves within Egypt 
that are going to turn to Yahuwah and they're going to actually start to speak the language of Hebrew. This is amazing. This vision is a prophetic vision and this great defeat is metaphorically called in the Bible breaking an arm of Pharaoh. Breaking an arm of Pharaoh. Egypt is destined for destruction before it's reconstruction. So we're going to see a destruction and then Yahweh is going to bring about a reconstruction that's going to have those enclaves within Egypt speaking the very Hebrew words of the Bible. And we've seen now through the prophet Ezekiel Egypt's past destruction and now he's going to lay out Egypt's prophetic future doom and destruction that we will be witnesses of these days. Because whilst many this week were looking at Washington, D.C., and people talking about MSNBC and all the talking heads on impeaching Trump. And then we've got the other, other side of the aisle down in Hollywood talking about all of the drama that's going on there. There's something more important, prophetically, biblically important, that is exploding on the global scene. This week, if you were watching, if you were aware, we witnessed the very, very breakdown in the Middle East as the United States is on the verge of losing Egypt to the Russians because the U.S.-Egyptian military relationship is decomposing. It's falling apart. And the Egyptian president, Abdel Fattah el-Sisi, seeks to compensate that relationship by now openly making alliances with Putin and the Russians. Sisi is part of a worldwide cohort of these strongman rulers because before Egyptians voted for him, he even made a point of congratulating Russians' prime minister and president Vladimir Putin in his victory in that scripted speech. And he also lauded the president of China, who is the de facto leader for life. So there's these alliances now that Egypt is looking to make with the Russians and with the Chinese. There's a global shift and America is going to be left out in the cold within the Middle East because... There is a prophecy that we have all heard about. But that prophecy is on that 200 million man army. And we see that in Revelation chapter 9 verse 13. And we're going to see it come into play. We're going to see it come into play. Can you believe that? Because there are 1.6 billion Muslims in the world. Now, 10 to 15% of those 1.6 billion Muslims are men of fighting age. So that is about 160 to 240 million man army. An army of between 160 and 240 million Muslims committed to a literal violent jihad. This is a 200 million man army. It's not only feasible. We're going to see those boots on the ground in the desert and the migration into our very nations. 
and people are all worried about Trump and the border, but they don't even understand this 200 million man army that's encroaching upon the Western nations. And what does that mean? That means the book of Revelation is coming true within our very days. Coming true within our very days. Will Egypt even continue to allow U.S. ships access to the Suez Canal, for which the U.S. Navy pays a, pays a very heavy fee, let me say? And it looks like Egypt could even deny overflight and landing rights to U.S. military aircraft, which strategically will affect our position in the whole region. All this while we're being bombarded with all this propaganda. And most people are watching the Hollywood tabloids or thinking, oh, the Trump impeachment. In reality, it's all a smokescreen. It's all a smokescreen. A drama to keep our attention from what really matters. I mean, thank goodness we are reading our Bibles or else we'll be clueless in this Western bubble. And that's the problem. People are in this Western bubble and clueless to the biblical reality of geopolitics and how it's exploding within our very pages. Jeremiah the prophet, another prophet who speaks into our days. 46 verse 11. Go up to Gilead and take balm, O virgin daughter of Egypt. In vain you have increased medicines. You have no cure. No cure. The Hebrew word there is ta'alah, and it's spelled tav ayin lamid hay. And it's an expression of binding because you'd bind a broken bone, right? But a bandage or a plaster which would be placed around a wound. And in verse 21, it says to grasp a sword, meaning he'd be bound. He'd no longer be able to grasp a sword. So he'd have no strength to make war any longer. This is the deconstruction of Egypt. And the Bible teaches us that Egypt is actually key. I know most people think that the state of Israel is key, but the Bible teaches us that Egypt is key to peace settling within that whole region in the Middle East. But not in a manner that many of us would expect. But those of us that have read the Bible see that that manner is because they're going to be transformed. They're going to speak the Hebrew language and they are going to follow the Savior. The Bible teaches us through the prophet Isaiah, he gives us insight into Egyptians' prophetic reconstruction. But first, there's got to be a deconstruction and a judgment. But Isaiah tells us, turn there, Isaiah 19, he talks about a prophetic reconstruction of Egypt. Isaiah chapter 19, verse 18. In that day, there shall be five cities in the land of Egypt that speak the language of Canaan. That's Hebrew. And they shall swear to Yahweh of hosts. One shall be called the city of destruction. In that day, there shall be an altar to Yahweh. 
in the midst of the land of Egypt and a pillar at the border thereof to Yahweh. And it shall be for a sign and for a witness to Yahweh of hosts in the land of Egypt. For they shall cry unto Yahweh because of oppressors. And he will send them a savior and a defender. And he will be a deliverer unto them. And Yahweh shall be known to Egypt. And the Egyptians shall know Yahweh in that day. That's the blessed hope. Isaiah 19 The Bible tells us that before the coming of Yahushua and the restoration of all things, there must, there must be an Egyptian civil war. That's what we look for. Because in verse 1 of Isaiah 19, it says, The heart of Egypt will melt in its midst. This is talking about, we've seen it in history past, we'll see it again. There will be a fanning of flames in Tahir Square, where the flames of emotion will once again be fanned in Tahir Square. And in verse 2, it is written, I will set Egyptians against Egyptians. Everyone will fight against his brother and everyone against his neighbor. This is the Mohammedans again, will set about wholesale slaughter one to another. You'll see Sunni against Shia and then the Mohammedans will then turn upon the Coptic Christian neighbors within those five enclaves around Tahir Square. City against city, kingdom against kingdom. This is tribe against tribe. The kingdom of Saudi Arabia, it's going to stir up. And we're seeing it right now. It's stirring up all these Wahhabist groups within the kingdom of Egypt. This is Shia versus Sunni, Muslim Brotherhood versus the Coptic Christians being slaughtered. Coptic Christians daily in our very midst. And does the news media pick it up? Of course not. They're Christians. But oh, if any other harm comes to any other religion, we'll all hear about it. But you can have the wholesale slaughter of Coptic Christians and the world is silent because it's at the hands of the Islamics. Verse 3, I will destroy their council, says Yahuwah. This is Egypt's governmental structure. Yahuwah is the one that will bring judgment upon it. And then it goes on to say, and they, the Egyptians, will consult the idols and the charmers. When things start to go sideways in Egypt, what will the Egyptians do? Oh, well, They'll look for the world. They'll go to the nations and they'll try and find counsel from the nations using the nations as idols and charmers for their own political gain. In verse 4 it says, And a fierce king will rule over them. This is what the Egyptians don't even realize. Civil war will actually bring about an economic trade collapse and in their revolutionary folly they'll end up with a dictator over them who was worse than their prior political leader and dictator they'll exchange one taskmaster for another verse 5 it says and the river will be wasted and dried up of course the Nile was the economic well-being of the whole land but they will find that the civil war will bring about an economic trade collapse the brooks of defense will be emptied and dried up this means Egypt's natural resources they'll be wiped out they'll be gone then what will they do verse 10 of Isaiah 19 
All who make wages will be troubled of soul. That's currency collapse. We've seen it in Venezuela. We've seen it in Greece. This is currency collapse. How much longer can the US currency and the dollar hold up in the region? They're all going to shift. It's going to be a shift. You're going to see them go over to the Chinese yen. You're going to see that everything is going to shift globally. And we're going to be left out in the cold because Yahweh is the one that will put the axe to the root of the trees of the nations when he has his time. Look at verse 17 of Isaiah 19. The land of Judah will be a terror to Egypt. This is basically speaking about the state of Israel Really, though, but the state of Israel should be called the land of Judah. But then again, should it? Because if you believe the Ashkenazi aren't actually Shemites, which I understand that they were sons of Japheth, then they shouldn't even be called Judah. Because Israel belongs the name to, in fact, the sons of Joseph. Because Jacob put his hands upon Ephraim and Manasseh and he gave them the name of Israel. Judah was not in that blessing. Judah does not have the title deed to the land of Israel. It's the sons of Joseph, Ephraim and Manasseh that have the biblical right to the name Israel. Read our Bibles. We have the birthright. Joseph the flame, as the prophet says, will return home with the right to the name Israel. But until then, it's today called the land of Judah, inhabited by Ashkenazi, the sons of Japheth, those who say they are sons of Shem, but they are in fact not. They're the synagogue of Satan. So the state of Israel, you're going to find out, it will no longer tolerate Egyptian interference and the gloves will come off and you will find that the state of Israel will begin terror bombing in Egypt and the Gaza. Look at verse 18. In that day, five cities in the land of Egypt will speak the Hebrew language. There's a blessing right there. And they will swear by Yahweh Sabah. One will be called the city of righteousness. So you're going to see Arab righteousness, meaning Arabs returning to covenant Torah under the Savior, the Malkitzedek Yahusha. This is the Coptic Christian revival that the Mohammedans are trying to snuff out. Because there's many, many Islamics in Egypt that have actually had visions of Yahusha and have come to testify that he is the Messiah because of the witness of these Coptic Christians. But now the radical imams, they want to slaughter the witness of these Coptic Christians. But Yahweh will reign and he will bring these five Coptic enclaves and they will be Arab righteousness testifying to the Malkitzedic Savior Yahushua in the Middle East. This is amazing prophecy. Verse 19, In that day there shall be an altar to Yahuwah in the midst of the land of Egypt and a pillar to Yahuwah at its border. Now, some people get all bent out of shape when they read this in the Word. Well, wow, there's going to be a sacrificial altar in Egypt. No, this is an altar of witness, not an altar of sacrifice. And this altar of witness is the Giza 
pyramid, which is a witness to the Creator's calendar. It is a witness to the Hebrew people being enslaved in Egypt. And the standing column is also a witness. It's Solomon's standing column on one side of the Red Sea. And archaeologically, it's been found. And on the other side of the Red Sea, testifying to Yahweh's sovereign splitting and parting of that sea and allowing his people to pass through as on dry land. These archaeological facts and witnesses to the creator, the creator's calendar as well, we are finding coming true in our days. This is a powerful stuff. Look at verse 22 of our text back in Ezekiel's sixth vision. Therefore, this says the master Yahweh, See, I am against Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and I will break his strong arms and that which was broken, and I will cause the sword to fall out of his hand. He's no longer going to be able to make war. The Egyptians will no longer be fermenting and stirring up trouble in the Middle East, and I will scatter the Egyptians among the nations. Meaning, watch out, there's more Islamic migration coming coming to your coastal shores, whether it's Sweden, whether it's Holland, whether it is California, and whether they're coming in through Canada, we have to be aware that migration, Islamic migration, is a key fermenting war cry in these end, end days. See, the word says, and I will scatter the Egyptians among the nations, and I will disperse them Throughout the countries, migration is only going to get worse before it can ever get better. Verse 24, and I will strengthen the arms of the king of Babylon. Here's a shift now. And I will put my sword in his hand and I will break Pharaoh's arms. And he shall groan before him with the groaning of a wounded man near death. You see, Yahweh is actually now in the process of beginning to support the arms of an Iranian coalition with Russia, but will not support. Yahweh will no longer support the arms of Egypt and its U.S. global alliance. And that's the breakdown that was in the news this week while all the smokescreen of Hollywood and D.C. was being played out before you. We start to see Bible prophecy actually coming true. Those of us that are in the Word and with a global outlook because the Word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, it will lead us again through the parting seas of revelation so that we can go to our destiny, which is the promised land. Persia. Iran will be the powerhouse in the Middle East with Russia's backing. Why do you think Putin is in all the news? Why do you think they're trying to do the dirty on the Russians? Because they're understanding, America's understanding this global shift. Egypt's alliance with the U.S. will not be enough to withstand the strength of Persia, Iran. Look at verse 25. 
But I will strengthen the arms of the king of Babylon and the arms of Pharaoh. What will happen to the Egyptians? The arms of Pharaoh will fall down. And they shall know then, when? Then they shall know that Yahweh is Elohim. When I shall put my sword into the hand of the king of Babylon. Meaning, all of this anti-Iranian propaganda, all this anti-Russian propaganda, the globalists understand that the sovereignty of Yahweh, because they're a cult and they worship the devil, they understand that there is a war going on and that Yahweh, the creator of the universe, will even use the anvil of the Iranians and the Russians to come down and judge the globalists. And we're starting to see this in our very midst. We've got the Chinese that are devil worshippers. We've got, not all, I'm just talking about these are apostate nations that do not uphold the sovereignty of Elohim. I understand in China there's many coming to know Yahweh, but governmentally they do not support the Elohim of the Bible just as we're seeing more and more in this, this country. So amazing stuff as Yahuwah begins now to make this shift of strengthening the hands of the Persians as the weakening of the Egyptian regime. And they shall know that I am Yahweh when I shall put my sword into the hand of the king of Babylon, and he shall stretch it out upon the land of Egypt. And I will scatter the Egyptians among the nations and disperse them among the countries, and they shall know that I am Yahweh. That's our desire, isn't it? That the whole world would know the Elohim that we serve. Because we're tired of Hollywood, DC, all talking about and propagating the lies from hell with their globalist hegemony and tyranny. I'm looking forward to the day when the glory of Yahuwah will shine over the nations. But it's going to start with Iranian dominance in the Middle East with Russians backing because Yahuwah is the one that will put the sword in the hand of the Persians and he will then use that to destabilize the world global system and cause the global elite then, what will they do? They're going to want to strike back with their venomous snake, the state of Israel, with terror bombings in Gaza and Egypt. Let's go on to scroll 7, the seventh vision of the prophet Ezekiel. Chapter 31, verse 1 through 18. And it came to pass in the 11th year, in the third month, on the first day of the month, that the word of Yahweh came to me saying, Ben-Adam, son of man, speak to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and to his multitudes, who are you like in your greatness? See, the Asherim, they were a cedar in Lebanon with fair branches and with forest shade and with of high size and stature. Its top was amongst with thick foliage. The water made him great. The deep set him up high upon her rivers, running all around his plants, and sent out her little rivers and all the trees of the field. There's an interesting parallel that we see right here. 
Assyria's water-based success and again Egypt's dependence upon the Nile. See that parallel? Now remember, Assyria received a promotion from Yahweh when the people of Nineveh, Assyria's capital, repented of their sins after the pleading of Jonah, after he had descended down into the waters of the sea. Look at verse 5. Therefore his height was exalted upon the trees of the field, and his branches were multiplied, and his branches became long because of the multitude of water that he shot out. All the fowls of the heavens made their nests in his branches, and under his branches did all the beasts of the field bring about their young. And under his shadow dwelt all great nations. So it was fair in its greatness, in the length of his branches, for his root was by great waters. See, Yahweh does want his people to learn from history. He wants us to learn from history. And there's many people that would say, oh, well, here we go, talking about history and politics. But this is important stuff if we're to understand the days that we're in. And Yahweh has given the Bible for us to be a roadmap in those days. Egypt should have learned from Assyria's history, the giant in the forest. She seemed to be so invincible in her time until she fell to the Persians. History tells us again and again and again and again that the Persians are in fact, my friends, the giant slayers. History tells us that the giants are in fact slayed by the Persians, giant slayers. This is what the Bible says. And people will say, well, I'm in America, or I'm in Europe, or it'll never touch me over here. Oh, we've heard all that before, too, in history. There's been countless people with that same self-assuredness and same off-handed lifestyle. And they were also crushed when the giants fell. These giants, the nations that we are in, are going to come under the axe of the Persians and the Russians. And this is what we're seeing now in the Middle East as America is being left out in the cold. Iran holds the key to destabilizing the whole globalist economy. They've got oil, gas, nuclear energy, and they have got, most importantly, the stomach of a billy goat to endure sanctions, to endure anything that we throw at them, and to endure war. We don't even have the stomach to endure war anymore. But the Persians do. And as a result, they will be able to endure. And history tells us the Persians will not hold back when provoked by giants in the nations. Look at verse 8. The cedars in the garden of Elohim could not even hide him. For the fir trees were not like its branches, and the chestnut trees were not like his branches, nor any trees in the garden of Elohim was like him in his beauty and splendor. You see, our generation is witness to the pride of the nations. 
We live in these nations that are so proud of their infrastructure and their economies. But the pride of the nations has always been their downfall, especially when they thumb their nose at the Creator like Nimrod did himself. Many nations have flourished as giants within the forest, forgetting this. They forget this one thing, that Yahuwah alone holds back the axe to their root. And their root is their pride and their economy. I have made it pretty by the multitude, says Yahuwah in verse 9, so that all of the trees of Eden that were in the garden of Elohim envied him. Therefore, this says the master Yahuwah, because you have lifted up yourself in height and have your top among the thick foliage and your heart is lifted up in its height, I have therefore delivered him into the hand of the Elohim of the Gentiles. They shall surely deal with him. I have driven them out for their own wickedness. You see, the gods of the world will be used to bring down the nations. In America today, we're seeing the gods of idolatry and witchcraft, the occult, unraveling 200 years of nation building. Within one generation, the whole landscape of America has shifted. It's been transformed from a fruitful field to a migrant landscape decimated by the winds of political change, influenced by these occult elitists that are literally ramshacking our whole nation. Look at verse 12. And the foreigners, the ruthless of the nations, have cut him off and have left him upon the mountains and in the valleys his branches are fallen. And his branches are broken by all the rivers of the land and all the nations of the earth have gone down from his shadow and have left him. Upon his ruin shall all the fowls of the heavens remain and all the beasts of the field shall be upon his branches." To the end that none of the trees by the water shall exalt themselves for their height. Neither shoot up their top among the thick foliage. Neither their trees stand up in their height. All that drink water, for they are all delivered to death. To the depths of the earth. In the midst of the children of men. With them that go down to the pit. This says the master Yahuwah, in the day when he went down to Sheol, I caused a mourning. I covered the deep to him, and I restrained the floods. And the great waters were stopped, and I caused Lebanon to mourn for him, and all the trees of the field fainted for him. So prophetically, we see an end-time fall of Syria. Syria is in fact the flashpoint of the nations. It's the highway of hell that leads to the great deception in the grand city of Jerusalem, which is now under the influence of the nations, isn't it? The state of Israel and the Zionists. Verse 16. Let's go to verse 16. So things are shifting. Things are shifting. I have made the nations to shake at the sound of his fall when I cast him down to Sheol and them that descend into the pit. 
And all the trees of Eden, the best of Lebanon, all that drink water, shall be comforted in the depths of the earth. They also went down into Sheol with him to them that are slain with the sword. And they that were his arm, which dwelt under his shadow in the midst of the nations. So what we're seeing globally is this shift. Where America and Egypt were in alliance. Now the Egyptians are shifting, pulling away from America and making allegiance with the Russians. And we're now seeing that Yahweh is now supporting and will use the Persians as in days of old. The Iranians backed by the Russians to come down and be the anvil or axe to the root of the trees of the nations. Egypt right now. It may even restrict the Suez Canal to U.S. shipping. It may even restrict U.S. military aircraft into its airspace. There is a global shift happening. There is the breakdown of this relationship that has been for 40 years. Now as countries in the Middle East, whether it be Yemen, whether it be Egypt, whether it be Somalia, these countries now, many of them Islamic strongholds, are now looking a shift away from anything to do with Western powers, now looking more to the Persians. And we will see, as in times of old, that Yahweh uses the Persians as the giant slayers. And these nations that have become giants over these past few hundred years are about to be brought down through their economies and their military infrastructure. Amazing times that we live in and that we can have the clarity to see through the words of the prophet. Verse 16, I made the nations to shake at the sound of his fall when I cast him down to Sheol with them that descend into the pit. And all the trees of Eden, the best of Lebanon, all that drink water shall be comforted in the depths of the earth. They also went down into Sheol with him to them that are slain with the sword. And they were his arm which dwelt under his shadow in the midst of the Gentiles. So these Gentile nations that put their hands into the conflict with Syria will find that they're unable to pull their hand out quick enough before burning destruction devours the skin of their flesh because of these chemical warheads and these chemical warfare that will happen. You don't want to get your hand stuck in Syria, nations, America, globalists, because by the time you try and pull it out, your skin is going to be burned off your flesh. This is the prophetic warning. Look at verse 18. To whom are you to be compared in the glory and in the greatness among the trees of Eden? Yet shall you be brought down with the trees of Eden into the depths of the earth? You shall lie in the midst of the uncircumcised with them that are slain by the sword. This is Pharaoh and his entire multitude, says the master Yahuwah. What a shift from the fifth vision into the sixth and seven visions. Sometimes it's hard for people to make the shift. We've just had three teachings about spiritual warfare. 
We've been in the heavenly realm. Then to bring it back into this realm. Because Yahweh needs his people to make shifts. Yes, our war is not against flesh and blood. But we live in the world. We are not of the world. And the only way we can live in the world and not be of the world is by listening to the prophets. Because the word of Yahweh is our lamp and it is a light unto our path to guide us in these apocalyptic days that we are in. The signs in the heavens declare the wonders of Yahuwah, but the nations shall tremble when the allegiances and the alliances crumble and Yahuwah puts his hand with the Iranians, with the Persians, to be the hammer and the axe to the root of the trees of the nations. And this is what we're seeing. Egypt is the key. I know people think Israel is the key to peace in the Middle East. No, Egypt is key. But first of all, the Egyptians must suffer a destruction for their alliance with the U.S. And now they're going to look to the Russians, backed, of course, the Russians backing the Persians. And at this point, we look then future for the reconstruction of Egypt. When those Coptic enclaves will declare the Savior. They will declare the Master Yahuwah and speak of the Hebrew language of the Bible. There is a witness in the Middle East and it's not coming from Muhammad. It is coming from Yahusha through the words of his people scattered in the nations. But Yahuwah hears and his prophetic voice goes out in these times. This is the fall of giants. We are witnessing this. Egypt, Syria and the Gentile nations succumbing to the hands of the giant slayer, Iran. All that to say this, we can no longer be lulled into stupidity with all the nonsense and worldly drama on the sidelines of life. When you're listening to the words of the prophet, when the prophet speaks, he speaks and warns you to prepare for global change. Bible, history, language, Culture are our roadmap to safety when we are led by the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, and follow the way of the Master. Tonight, we had witnessed by the prophetic word before we spoke that Brother Paul went and spoke the very words of this witness, and he didn't even communicate with me all week. We had no communication verbally about what I was going to teach. And he testified to this very same scriptures and shared them before I even came up here. Because Yahuwah is working in his people when we come together through the power and anointing of his Holy Spirit. This is what's amazing. That when we come together and we've been in the word, we speak the same language which is the language of the Bible, which is the revelation in these days. This is a testimony. Your witness was a testimony. I had goosebumps. You had goosebumps because we both went to the same word today about Yahweh using these signs and pillar within Egypt and eventually the declaration of the Hebrew language through these Coptic enclaves. But we must Be aware 
of global change. We must be aware of the shift of alliances that is happening. And all of this Russian scandal, all of this collusion is a smokescreen from what Ezekiel is telling us will happen. Succinctly, Egypt is about to be judged because of her alliance with the U.S. and the globalists. This relationship is now being deconstructed. Egypt will be judged. Then there will be a shift as Egypt looks now to Iran, the Persians, backed by the Russians. And their strength now will come down as the Persians become the giant slayers of the globalists. That is why the globalists, the state of Israel, which is the venomous snake of the globalists, will now strike terror bombing in Egypt as Egypt now realizes there's a global shift. You're either going to be with the anvil and axe of Yahuwah, or you're going to be with the Luciferic globalists. That's the shift that we're seeing globally and geopolitically. That's why there's so much anti-Putin, anti-Russia propaganda, because eventually the Bible tells us the Russians will back the Persians and they will be used as Yahuwah's judgment on these occult globalist nations in which many of us subside. It's time for us to wake up and to come out of the host nations that we live in. Come out of Babylon, the mystery whore. Come out of her, my people, and speak the language of Hebrew, the Canaan that we see right here. That doesn't mean we're going to be um, Hebrew language experts. Some of you may be. But we're going to start to have the crossover mindset. That's what a Hebrew means. You have crossed over from one soil to a better soil that you are rooted, planted, and able to produce the fruit of the kingdom. I'm a Hebrew. I've crossed over from Babylon, and so have you. Yahuwah wants us to take heed to this message today. And I pray that this word of the prophet goes forth with a strong sense of urgency because the Bible is our roadmap to peace. Nothing more, nothing less when we're led by the Holy Spirit into the hands of the Savior. Amen. Be blessed and shalom.